0: Happy Friday to you. Hope it's treating you well. Welcome to the People's Show. Coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. I'm Vic Nazar, alongside Dominic Shramatti, running the show, playing the tunes, answering your calls, whatever you need. He's there for you. You can also be part of the show. We love it when you interact 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, the smart alternative. Visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. So it's the first, uh, the end of the first week of the People's Show here, Dom, and we talked about things that we're going to do, carry over, uh, and, and one question prevailed more than any. Are you still going to do Confession Fridays. Oh, yeah. We're still doing Confession Fridays. Is that your confession? That's my confession. We're still doing Confession Fridays. It's going to be a bit of a modified version. Obviously, not a three-hour show. It's a one-hour show. So we're going to have to condense it a bit. But in about uh, ten minutes, we will do Confession Fridays. In the butts. <laughs> yes. So you can text in now, 650-650. Your confessions. It lives on on the People's Show. It was too good of a segment for us to give up. It was a, It was an immediate. It was first overall pick. It's like, yeah,
1: Confession Fridays. It's carrying over. We said that about password, and we definitely did not say that about password. And then look what happened.
0: Universally loved versus highly debated are two different things. This
1: is not uh, Confession Fridays 2.0, right? <laughs> We're not coming out with some weird wanky. So
0: yeah, so alternate you're, you're, version. I'll, I, I might have to confess something about uh, password. I don't know. Although Intrigue. It's, it's pretty much uh, all public now. I mean, Vicky from Poco calls calls me the uh, the 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 password assassin.
1: For I I reason, might be cleaning yeah. up some
0: of the uh, terminology there. Uh, but yeah, confession Fridays uh, still go. Uh, <laughs> That's what I thought we were gonna do. Confection Fridays and talk about pastries. It would have been deliciously wonderful. Hey, whatever it is, whatever you want to talk about, you can text it in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Uh, We had some fun yesterday getting ready for that uh, football game as well. The game that lived up to its reputation last night, Dom with the big eye roll and shaking the head. Well, you didn't like it? That was a football game? That was Iconic Levels of Bad.
1: Iconic!
0: That somehow was
1: worse than the previous Thursday night.
0: But it lived up to its reputation. This one we knew was going to be bad, and it was still comical. I had a friend message me last night saying, I can't believe you love this type of football." (laughs) It's like, no, 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 no. That's- Let's be clear. That's a hilariously bad game. It
1: lived up to its reputation. I like defensive football. That was not a defensive showpiece. That brings up a good question. Do you, this is a weird thing to ask. Let's do it. But do you prefer a bad football game that you know is going to be bad ahead of time? Or do you prefer the bad football game that had hype and potential to be good, but was straight up trash? Uh, I'd rather the first one. You rather the one where you know what's coming, because like the Colts Broncos game, we thought there should be some good plays. Now that was more right, but the storylines that came out of that game, sure, multiple. You know, yeah, the Russell Wilson stuff. That was fantastic. What am I taking away from yesterday?
0: Because technically, yesterday the the lesson should have been go do anything else with your life beforehand, and just catch up on it later. But if you're a sicko uh, like myself, you watched a, a bunch of that snaps. Uh, Again, it was joking about uh, I like that type of football. I like defensive football. Defense in, in all sports generally. But last night really exposed what's happening in the NFL right now. Not just that we're getting low scoring across the league, and we've talked about how defenses are fighting back and taking over, but I think there's an overarching point that has to be recognized. There just aren't enough good offensive lines in the league right now. It's not so dissimilar to what's happening in the NHL either with defense, of course. We saw scoring shoot up last year. There just aren't enough good defensive cores. There's a few teams that can go 5-6-D with credible, credible NHL D-man. And I'm talking about top four with a bullet. We don't have discussion about those guys. And some teams have 5-6 of them. And they're going to be the ones that succeed this year. The Rangers, the Avalanche, the Flames, Hurricanes. Those are going to be the teams this year that fight for the President's Trophy. Offensive line play, though, troubling right now across the league. And it becomes about the environment you create for the quarterback. And the Chicago Bears simply just do not create an ecosystem for Justin Fields to thrive in. This is someone, think about it, they drafted very high. And once you do that, you've got to dedicate all your transactions and build the entire infrastructure to supporting that talent. So let's not kid ourselves about what happened Last night, they have continually failed to give a player the opportunity to succeed. Uh, he looked shot last night. 14 completions, 27 attempts, 190 yards through the air, but uh, also took five sacks. Just a bad, bad game. Now, Carson Wentz has gone through all that, and he just looks uh, on the the back end of years of not being invested in and years of troubling starts. And there were some sparks from uh, Justin Fields last night. A deep shot to my guy, Dante Pettis. Nice scramble play, obviously, uh, late in the game. But he has his own issues that he's responsible for. But this team right now, the Chicago Bears, trending towards irrelevancy. Which is crazy because it's the Chicago Bears. An institution, 85. All that. Super Bowl shuffle, everything. They don't get this right with Justin Fields. They don't exactly have a lot of other pieces. Like, how many top seven players at their position do they have? Maybe two? And if they get this wrong with, with Justin Fields, it's it's the worst thing to be as a sports team, trending towards irrelevancy. Dom, if, if we did a, a top ten of irrelevant sports franchises right now, I'd probably say Arizona
1: Coyotes. Number one? No, probably. they're relevant. They're relevant for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I don't know if that counts though. Why not? They're playing in a college stadium. We're doing it your
0: way, so okay. But like, can you name eight players on the Arizona Coyotes? It's, Chikrin, <laughs> Dyson Mayo, uh, Moser, Austin Matthews. In a few years, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's rough. Houston Texans, I would say irrelevant. Are Barrett Hayden. Yeah, that's yeah, a real thing. That's a real thing. Uh, uh, Houston Texans, irrelevant. Jay Beagle. Uh... Not anymore. Um, San Jose Sharks, Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Reds definitely up there. Washington Wizards, Washington Wizards, Utah? Yeah.
1: Anything Washington, really. The Nationals, yeah, Nationals, well, not the Capitals.
0: No, the Commanders I think have enough uh his... they're low on yeah. the watchability rankings. That's fair, but we're we're talking about relevancy. Yeah. I still feel like they're relevant. Oklahoma City? Oh, the Thunder for sure. Yeah. Sacramento Kings, the Royals. Honestly, the Bears like kind of 11 12 in that list you
1: know what saves them is that they play out of chicago
0: that's the thing that's but you it. shouldn't be in that group you're trending towards yeah. close to being in it and i look i like justin fields but he might be getting primed to take that geno smith path path where you just got to sit for a bunch of years and just the scar tissue just wears off of playing under bad circumstances and maybe you, you, you revitalize yourself Uh, Once you learn, relearn how to play the game in new circumstances Uh, We'll see much better quarterback play this weekend though Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, that gets going Uh, Midday this weekend A couple of Cyborgs playing in a VHS world right now After what we saw on Thursday night Uh, That is going to be exciting And we'll get to Big 6, I actually do have a pick in this game Rare, I know Taking taking one of the premier games, Dom I'm not living in the slop this time for uh, Big Six.
1: Walking dangerous ground, Big.
0: <laughs> yeah. You uh, woke up feeling dangerous. 100%. Uh, also, a teaser about uh, something that's coming up in Ooh. Big Six. Baker Mayfield might be evolved. Uh, actually, he's not. Is he even playing? No, he's not playing. <laughs> uh, but his team is, at least. But those two guys. It's been one of my issues, you know. I've pushed back on Buffalo a lot this season, uh, preseason especially. A lot of people wanted to adorn them. Hey, the upcoming champs. My thing with Buffalo, it's and and this matchup is great for it. It's to be the best, you got to beat the best. They lost it up up against Kansas City, 13 points. Sorry, 13 seconds left. They don't close that one out. We know about overtime, Randy. But I've had those uh, discussions here on the People Show so much about overtime rules and whatnot. It's one of the reasons I haven't placed them above the Chiefs in my power rankings. You haven't beat the Chiefs. So here's your chance Sunday in Kansas City. Let's not uh, race to adorn the Buffalo Bills until they do something like knock off the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, There was a lot going on last uh, night. NHL season continues to roll on. I mentioned before, uh, defensive course, and we saw a bit of that last night. And the Flames holding the Avs to three shots in the first period. There's some penalty help there. Avs are playing on a back-to-back. But nevertheless, it's only two penalties in the first period. Quite the debut uh, for some Flames. And we talked about the trade that rocked the offseason. So much focus on Huberto and Kachuk. In the short term, we knew that trade was going to be a big win for the Flames. Could they get those guys locked up? But they get Huberto locked up. And they get Mackenzie Wieger locked up as well. Are we going to talk about Mackenzie Wieger the same way we might talk about Devontae's now? Gets out of the island. Bit of a lower profile there. Underrated. The Avalanche jump at an opportunity to bring him in. You go play with Makar. Yeah, you're still under the headlines of Makar and McKinnon and Landis Godrandedon. All of that. But we really started to appreciate Devontae's once he got to Colorado. Mackenzie Wieger. You got Ekblad there. Barkov there, Bobrovsky they spend the big money on. Now that he's out of Florida, thrust into the limelight of Canadian market, playing with Daryl Sutter, two assists in your debut in Calgary, that's a phenomenal start. Are we going to start talking about McKenzie Wieger kind of being the new Devontae? So underrated, uh, you're now properly rated. Uh, Something to keep an eye on, especially in the Pacific Division uh, with the Vancouver Canucks as well. Just taking a look at the inbox here. A lot of uh, Confession Friday texts. Uh, just set up the show. We'll get to Big 6 in about 10 minutes. Kevin Woodley is going to join us on uh, in about 20 minutes. We get fr- smarter on Fridays when Woodley joins us. We'll talk about some goaltending, uh, specifically looking at the Pacific Division, uh, some interesting goalie platoons, goalie situations uh, in this division, including your Vancouver Canucks. How do they fare uh, from Kevin's point of view? In Game 1 versus the Oilers. But let's get to it, Tom. Every Friday, you bring the heat in the inbox. 650-650. It's Confession Fridays. Join the
1: movement that is Confession Friday. I know you hate me. I know I hurt you. But there's more. Listen. People in the butts. He should have been
0: playing in the minors. Sports. Some weird things going down the toilet. This is
2: my confession.
0: All right. 650 650. I'll confess to something.
1: I deliberately submarine password. That's a easy confession. Okay, I we know, but I what I really want to know cuz I I had to be stepped away from the show when this happened. <laughs> I was moved to the mornings unceremoniously yeah. as password was given its uh walking slips. How? I don't understand how this happened because you had the vote. Yeah. The B- vote came out for password 50.1%. Right. And then for some weird reason, we, rather we, than sticking with the game that people voted to keep, you guys 50.1% cha- of it, yeah. You changed it. Yeah. Why did you why did you try and change Be- it?
0: Because we found uh we found out that there was uh, some tomfoolery done with the voting. And uh, so you thought, rather than striking password altogether, you someone would come up to with it. some bastardized version of it. Someone coped to it, and, and 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 that was that. It was it was it was done
1: at that point. So I need I need to know, because well, this is really. Do that off was no. I think people want to know was the password <laughs> 2.0 your way of getting people no. off the game? No. Okay. Hundred percent not. Uh, 650-650.
0: Tag it with CF. It always helps when you text in. Uh, this one. Uh, Speaking of password, I can just hear Dan's voice in my head doing the password intro. Oh my god, thank god it's gone. (laughs) Uh, this one. My confession is you need more airtime. Full send! What does full send mean? Uh, it just means, like, full power, full full on. Well, tune in on the post-game show. You can hear me (sighs) there
1: as well, too. I don't want to say, alright, Boomer, but... We're full send. Dangerous ground. It, it, I thought you were up to date with the the new lingo. Some of them, not all of them. Yeah, but full send is a pretty popular one. Is that
0: like an iMessage thing where you like can do it with no, fireworks and no, in... no, no,
1: no. Sorry. I'm... Do you know what mid is? Yes. Okay. Do you know what bussin is? Uh, I've seen it. I pretend
0: to know. I don't have it like a. Specific... It just means it's good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I
1: thought. And then bussin bussin is really good. Uh,
0: this one. Confession Friday, again, remember, it's anonymous. You can text in. We keep your name off of it. Confession Friday, I've invested a healthy chunk of my income into crypto over the past year. Oh. My
1: girlfriend knows just not how much. Now buy sp- the dip, baby. Now you're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, buy the dip. This is not a finance show. We do not come at no, you yeah. with financial takes, but buy the dip.
0: Uh, look, we get random text sometimes. Uh, I, about I About crypto? Yeah, but... <laughs> I just learned this week, squirrels can audibly communicate amongst each other.
1: I would imagine that was a thing.
0: Was that not a thing?
1: How else would they communicate? Not audibly. Telepathically? I don't think that's a thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, they make noises. It must mean something to them. 650, 650. This one. Full send is a ski term. I don't know if I can read Full the rest. send on a jump. Yeah. Oh, is that a thing?
1: Yeah. Oh. All right. Why could you not read? Yeah, you could read. I, that. I thought it was like off off the cliff. Marcus and Gibson's confession Friday. Don hey, is drawing read- on me after listening to him take Bick over the coals for his old man lingo. You're not supposed to read the name. Oh. Well, he signed it with his name. We we keep those ones off.
0: Really. It's all supposed to be anonymous. I mean, that one was a, a compliment, so we can read that
1: one. Sure. But you don't have to read the name. Is, I feel like that scandalizes Confession Friday a little bit. Welcome to the segment. No, if you if you sign it with your name.
0: Oh, no. No, we, we, we want to encourage people to, to trust us. Okay. Never read the name. Sorry, Marcus. Uh, at least that one was a compliment. Yeah. Uh, this one uh, just bought a hundred packs of uh, Tim's hockey cards. That's, Uh-oh.
1: You're speaking of bad investments... No, it's okay. There's one.
0: Have <laughs> you not seen the commercial? Nathan McKinnon's walking around with the cup?
1: Of course. Hey, okay, where's the cup? Yeah. Right here. Did you did you um write that one? No. No, no, no. When you were growing up, did you ever collect the McDonald's ice hockey cards, the transparent ones? Oh. Uh
0: I don't know about that one. I did have something from the, the, the McDonald's hockey yeah. collection. I can't remember what that the, was. The I remember OG. being obsessed. I remember being obsessed with with Monopoly. Oh, for and sure, And, yeah. like, still, um, Monopoly and, yeah, one of the hockey ones. The helmets? Was it goalie helmets?
1: Yes. That's yeah. the one, yeah.
0: yeah. I, was I have a confession, actually.
1: Those. Now we bring it up, uh, McDonald's Monopoly. When I was seven years old playing McDonald's Monopoly. Don't say it. I had a full row of pieces set. I needed one more for the car. This was probably, like, 98. Yeah. Another kid in the playpen area had the piece and wouldn't trade it to me. Oh, I thought you were going to say you stole it. No. I, thought you, I thought you were going to say, like, I, I stole Boardwalk. I was, like seven somewhere. years old. I didn't know. <laughs> exactly. You don't know.
0: Stealing's fine when you're seven. You can get it by. It's not okay, I by the way. that close to a new car. Uh, 650, 650. Ooh, this one uh, takes the dark turn. I've secretly been taking night classes for the last 18 months so I can finish my master's and leave my girlfriend. Whoa! I... I I don't know if those two things are linked.
1: It is if you're with her for financial gain.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that's... Sure.
1: That's dark.
0: Uh, I deliver packages for a living. I also keep a cup in the back of the truck to go to the bathroom in as there's not nearly enough bathrooms on my road. You
1: know what? As someone who delivers food for half a living, I don't do that. You always find a bathroom. Find a way. Your life finds a way.
0: Uh, I just bought 100 Pokemon cards,
1: Confession Fridays. Now, that's a good investment. That isn't? Wait, why is that? Uh, I don't because know. they're worth a lot right now. Okay. You can hit big with a Pokemon card. You can't hit big with a Pokemon card. Were, were the they not worth
0: card. a lot in, like, 2003, 2004,
1: 2005? Yeah, sure. And they've gone up? It's cyclical. Okay. So every, every, you know, decade or so, they come back into popularity, and people pay outrageous sums of money for some of them.
0: Confession Friday, I used to work at McDonald's when I was younger, and every year, I would take thousands of hash brown wrappers with a Monopoly peel, and every year, they had hockey cards. I would take about four to 500 packs and complete the entire set, including getting some bonus mail-in cards that were worth some serious Man, coin.
1: That's smart. I appreciate that kind of uh, employment move.
0: No, that's good. <laughs> it's like stealing the post-its from work, but How is it way stealing? more profitable. No, that
1: stealing. He works there. It's a perk. It's a perk. It's a perk. Uh,
0: tell me you know nothing about cards without telling me you know nothing about cards. Me? I think you meant me. Maybe. Apparently, I just don't know enough about Pokemon cards.
1: Confession. I, I know it. hockey
0: cards and sports cards are on the rise. I didn't realize Pokemon was part of that. They're actually on the down now oh. because of uh, the recession. I'm trying People to like... keep up with all the lingo. People... It's
1: like, so what? It's no longer bussing? No, it's no longer bussing. Oh, okay. Um, recession... That's hit people in the pockets. They don't have money for cards anymore. Confession Friday, it was the mini sticks that you could get from McDonald's. I ended up getting like four Jerome McGinley sticks. Nice. The ones that came in the tube, right? Yeah. They still do those,
0: don't they? I believe so, yeah. A lot of McDonald's cards sticks coming. Out. I'm shocked. I collected the mini Canada jerseys from McDonald's and got the last one
1: in the set. All the way in a Soyuz. That's a long trip. I doubt they went to Soyuz (laughs) just for the McDonald's. They got an insider tip that that particular McDonald's was handing out the uh, jersey he needed. All right,
0: good stuff. We'll read a couple more on the other side uh, before we talk to Kevin Woodley. uh, Coming up in about uh, 10, 12 minutes, uh, but let's get to it now. We do it every Friday. It's Big Six.
2: Good teams win, great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's big six.
0: All right, 15, 13, and two on the year, trending uh, much worse. 53.6 on the year. We got it, we got to get back on track this week. Two and four last week, it was a rough one, felt hard done by. Let's start with the Jaguars, plus two at the Colts. They're just flat out more athletic than the Colts, and it really showed in the first meeting between these two. Technically, yes, it's a revenge spot for the Colts. I equate revenge games in-season more when you lose at home. The Colts were away in that game. They were also getting ready to face Kansas City. Was that a look-ahead spot versus the Jags? And they're mostly healthy right now. Colts have some major injuries. Shaquille Leonard, quitty Pay, among others. I'm going to take the points. Jags 27-17. Patriots, two and a half at the Browns. Don't look now, but the New England Patriots have a chance to go to 500 with a positive point differential as well. They have the second best point differential in that AFC East, above Miami, above the New York Jets. Bill Belichick loves, loves beating up on the Browns, too. Yeah, the Browns have been abysmal through the years, and the Patriots were a dynasty coinciding, but grudges do not die easily. And who better to know the strengths and weaknesses of Jacoby Brissett than the man that drafted him? In truth, though, the Browns can't stop anybody on the ground. Belichick in this offense is just nerding out on old school ways to pound the rock with Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, making things easy for the QB. You know, Mac Jones was upgraded to questionable. Even with Bailey Zappi, I'm all right. They have reasonable weop- weapons to help them move the ball with someone like Jacoby Myers as well. Take the points. Patriots win 28 24. Oh Dom. Jets plus seven and a half at the Packers. Tell me you're taking it. We're taking the Jets Let's plus go! seven and a half. I told you, told you on Wednesday when we did guessing the lines. You know what that means, Vic. What's up? You've got that dog in you. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into a whole breakdown of this game. It just comes down to that guy, Zach Wilson. If he throws interceptions or not, that's hey, that's the whole thing.
1: Brees Hall is gonna run all over the Green and, Bay and Packers. And that's the thing.
0: They can rush the ball. Packers can't stop the run. Even with those defensive improvements, seriously uh, questioning my uh, faith in the Packers preseason about their defensive improvements. Brees Hall will be able to run the ball. And outside of Aaron Jones, Packers have no juice on offense, and the Jets, they got that sauce. Take the points. Packers win a close one. Okay.
1: 23-20, but Jets cover. Sauce Gardner, babe.
0: Bengals minus two at the Saints. I'm not convinced the Saints team is any good. Seahawks gifted them that game last week with the non-punt and just awful tackling defensively. Bengals defense is legit. They've been together for a bit as well. A lot of cohesion, a lot of chemistry, and they actually got a chip on their shoulder for this game. It's a bit of a revenge spot for Vaughn Bell and Trey Hendrickson on the defense. They've been talking this game up, former Saints and Joe Burrow back in Louisiana. Let's see if that fires him up and gets his offense back on track. Despite some injuries, yeah, on the offensive side of the ball, which is a concern. But I think they're slowly figuring out the formula for what they need offensively. like it to be a lot faster, obviously. But there is some progress in what they are doing. Lay the points. Bengals win 24-17. Panthers plus 10 at the Rams. It's just too many points for a Rams team that literally can't score touchdowns right now. I know the Panthers' offense is disgusting themselves, But we get the new coach bump for a big underdog. I'll grab those points. And the Panthers' defense wasn't really the big issue. But they do make a change with the the defensive coordinator going out. I'm curious to see how Steve Wilks, the new head coach, manages this group with a vastly superior athletic advantage over the Rams. So long as they don't succumb to McVay misdirection, they should be able to run right with the Rams. Uh, Just have to hope... P.J. Walker doesn't give uh, the Rams some short fields. Take the points. Rams win, but it'll be closer than they like, 21-17. And I mentioned it, Chiefs plus 2.5 versus the Bills. Patrick Mahomes, home underdog. I got nothing else. Literally any, anything can happen in this game, and I wouldn't be surprised. We can talk about it being a revenge spot for the Bills, but after what happened in the playoffs, if I'm the Chiefs, This is a disrespect spot. You come back to tie with 13 seconds to go. You score an OT to advance in the playoffs. And all anyone can talk about is the Bills were screwed and they would have won that game if the coin flip went the other way and the league literally changes the rules to now accommodate that. Give me that disrespect. It's been noted and will not be forgotten. One concern, though, Chiefs special teams. Fine margins we're dealing with with under a field goal spread for a shaky kicking game right now. But I'm just going to swing with the best player in the league as a home underdog. Not to sound like Ivan Drago, but uh, if I miss, I miss. Take the points. Chiefs win. And uh, let's get crazy. 37-34 in this game. High total. Uh, Wrapping up then. That's Jags plus 2. Patriots plus 2.5. Jets plus 7.5. Bengals minus 2. Panthers plus 10. And Chiefs plus 2.5 for Bick. Six this week. Back on the other side with Kevin Woodley from In Goal Magazine and the In Goal Radio Pod here on The People's Show. Welcome back to The People's Show. Vic Nazar broadcasting live from the Kintec studio Excited to talk to our next guest, Kevin Woodley at Kevin is in goal on Twitter. Chance for us to get uh, smarter about goaltending. Uh, Woodley, what's going on?
2: Not much, Vic. Not much. Uh, it's just nice to have you know going through the numbers, watching games, sort of checking in on guys around the league. It's nice to actually have. Uh, nice to have some hockey to talk about. It's nice to actually have some goalies to watch. Uh, <laughs> preseason is a little painful for the uh, goalie union, so it's nice to be <laughs> into the real stuff. I
0: imagine. Uh, it, it's Kevin Woodley from the In Goal uh, Radio Podcast and In Goal Magazine as well. Uh, Sorry, right, so let's get into it. Because, you know, we, we talked about the game uh, that happened uh, for the Canucks on uh, Wednesday versus the Oilers, and it, it was a game of missed opportunity. And we talked about it so much about the context of the game, 3-0 um, being up, and you wind up losing that game. Even during the game, I probably should have messaged you, when, when that game or that that JT Miller goal happened you know we, we've learned so much from speaking to you and I just thought in my head oh that's one the goalie should have and I imagine you classified that one as a low danger one do you view it as a low or a as a missed opportunity game for the Canucks because they got goals that they maybe shouldn't have and they still lost that game
2: yeah and I think part of that is uh you know frankly because they had the lead and because of I mean, the reality is that was a low-danger goal. The Pedersen goal, as much as it's a nice move, is a mid-danger goal. Like, they, um, you know, they get three goals, one that should probably never go in, one that rarely goes in, and one, you know, that's a high-quality chance. And, and and I like, it's not just a missed opportunity. To me, it's how that game played out, I think, shaped a lot of narratives in terms of, hey, well, hey, like, we can hang our hat on our five-on-pie play. It was really good. And I'm like, was it? Um, like, it wasn't terrible. But despite controlling the first half of the game, you ended up getting out-chance from a high-danger perspective 5-2 to two at evens. Um, overall in that game, 9-5. to five. Like, the Oilers had 18 chances, and 9 of them were high-danger. Yeah, the Canucks had, you know, what? I don't know how many shot... What was the shot total on, like, you know, the NHL registered? I, I can't remember, but... Um, you know, in terms of actual chances that actually were on net, they had 34. 21 were low danger. Like, this felt a lot like past mm-hmm. years where at one end of the ice, it feels like they're creating great chances, but it's not necessarily. It and was 36 25, the by
0: the way. 36 for the Canucks, 25 for the Oilers. Uh, yeah, uh, so, that, the so they officially so
2: gave them a couple freebies. Yeah. Um, Clearsight had them with 34, but again, like, 21 of them are low danger. And it feels better because one of them goes in, but it shouldn't have, right? Like, so um like to me that felt very familiar thatcher jimko's expected save percentage in that game at the end of the night was 788 jack campbell's was uh, i think it was 910 or 909 which is like again not creating quality and giving up quality so for all the talk about hey they played okay it was just the special teams and the inability to capitalize on the power play, which is true. You capitalize on the power play, and you still have a chance. You're probably winning that game. But at the end of the day, they still didn't generate, including the power play. They just didn't generate, generate enough real quality looks, and they're bleeding them at the other end again. And it's just, man, like it felt familiar. So I, you know, I heard a lot of talk about the process being better when I took a look at the underlying numbers the next morning when ClearSight had them out. I didn't feel as good about those statements that, hey, there were all these positives they could take out of it. Uh, I didn't see as many when it came to the quality chances. And, you know, I mean, hey, look at Carter Hart tomorrow, who had a good start and yet still gave up two low percentage goals in his first game. So uh, maybe a chance that that all these low danger chances will pay off again. But the reality is, um, at the end of the day, they're not the type that, That you know typically result in goals, and it's once again what they're producing the majority of. And and at the other end, it's just like, like the Oilers had nine high danger chances and only seven low percentage chances. So yeah, you 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 didn't give up a ton in terms of shot volume, but that's just way too much quality, man. And they weren't even on the power play for long because they scored on them so quick. So you know, out of those nine high danger chances, only three were on the power play. So. No, it's, it's mistakes that are leading to too high quality chances, including the, the shorthanded one for the Oilers. Just yeah, it feels real familiar and more of the same for this team from what I saw last year, frankly. And um, your goalie's only going to be able to bail you out so much. I don't like their. I don't like your goalie's chances when he finishes the night with, with a save percentage, expected save percentage in the 700s.
0: There were a couple of moments when I felt like they tried those center lane passes, which we know is a big indicator to try to get the goalie moving and heightens your your scoring opportunity, but it also felt like they never took shots off of them, and it was just passing, like, making a difficult pass, and then just keep moving the puck rather than trying to convert those into chances.
2: Or, and there were some opportunities that were missed, right? Yeah. Like, so... um... You know, the Pedersen makes a great play to Hoglaner and he shafts it into, you know, like wide of the net by seven feet. You could call that a scoring chance. But when the guys on the other end, uh, you know, don't even have the ability to get it on net, let alone finish it. It's not really. So um, they were, it felt like they were generated and trying to create some of those chances. But as you said, whether it was a lack of finish on the other end, like missing completely or just looking for another pass, it's, you know, I just at the end of the night, it wasn't enough of that ending up on night, net. And against the goaltender who, you know, did make some good saves in the second period. But again, the breakaway is like, man, like, I don't know where the pre-scout is, but make a deek. Because um, if you're just shooting on breakaways from the hash marks, A, that's probably the easiest chance to, start, to stop when we talk about breakaways. And you're playing right into Jack Campbell's strengths. Like, make him go east-west because we saw what happened when he did. Um, there's usually a little bit of a flail and he's got enough skill and athleticism to get away with it at times uh, but you know the, the 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 way to score on him is to make a move and i just didn't think they did
0: enough for that uh, you mentioned carter hart that's who they will face tomorrow you hear it here on sportsnet 650 myself and Satir shah uh, on the pre and post game also david jones will be doing color with uh, Brendan Batchelor as well, uh, former NHLer. Uh, so Carter Hart under Torts. Uh, we know Torts uh, comes in and it's all about uh, blocking shots for the D-man. Uh, we talk more about the relationships goalies have with the goalie coach, uh, but what does a uh, coach
2: like Torts do for the environment around a goalie like Carter Hart? Uh, they tend to create a little more, like the MO has been a little more chaos, right? Like sort of that collapsing everybody back into the house. And yeah, you're right. Block shots and work hard defensively. But I, like I remembered when the was here um, and, and was in town, like that was never going to be a fit. Roberto wanted to be at the top of the crease and was a goalie that excelled by reading plays and anticipating what was coming next. And with everyone taking away lanes in front of him uh, and taking away sight lines, including his own team, it just wasn't, it was just, it was a, it was a marriage made in hell uh, in terms of Torch's system and Roberto's strengths. And then, You you add in the fact that, you know, for all the things that Roberto did well, you know, lateral movement, um, getting that big body moving side to side wasn't a strength and all of a sudden pucks are hitting bodies and broken plays in front of him and he wasn't able to recover. So um, those tend to be the M.O.s. I didn't have a chance to watch that game. uh, The first one for the Flyers to sort of see whether there were a lot of broken plays in front of the net, uh, second chance opportunities off legs and bodies in front. Those are always the toughest as a goaltender. Like, Listen, if you make a save and you put a rebound out in front of the net, like A, partially that's your fault for not controlling the rebound, but B, you know where it's going because you've made the initial save. You felt the puck. Hopefully you've tried to steer it. You know where it's headed next. When it's it's all a bunch of bodies, especially when you don't maybe see the release or see it come into that traffic, you have no idea where it goes when it hits somebody else. It's such a tough play. That's why broken... Broken plays, you know, account for a lot of scoring and account for a lot of high-danger chances in the NHL. And so at times, um, like, listen, when everybody's laying out and blocking shots, it looks great. Other times, they can actually create a lot of high-danger chances for the other team if the other team is willing to go into those areas and win some of those battles. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I would consider that necessarily a strength of the Canucks attack. So I'm kind of curious myself to see what it's like it's a little too early to say it's going to be good or bad for Carter. Certainly, um, you know, Carter's got a lot more sort of quick lateral movement in his game. than, for example, a guy like Luongo, and uh, if he sits back and plays a little deeper and just sort of has some patience behind a lot of those chances, if indeed that's again, the type of defense that we see uh, in Florida, like we did in Columbus and like we did here, sorry, in Philly, um, then, you know, it's just a matter of adjusting. I, it, it's tough to say whether, like, I don't think Carter plays to the extremes of, say, a Roberto. He not doesn't have to be at the edge of his crease. He doesn't rely as much on, on reads, a um, little more technical guy. So uh, it would be a matter of sort of adjusting to that environment. And I guess, you know, in some ways making the most. I, I, I just don't know that there's anything that prohibits him. Like, it's not – in Roberto's case, they were playing away from his strengths and it never made sense to me. I wouldn't say the same necessarily of Carter Hart. So uh, I don't think that it necessarily has to be a bad marriage. And I'm kind of curious to see at, at this point, after his last couple of years behind the flyers, anything that resembles right. defensive structure is probably an improvement.
0: Uh, talking to Kevin Woodley at Kevin is in goal and in goal radio magazine and, uh, sorry, the angle radio podcast in goal magazine as well. Um, I want to focus on the Pacific Division goalies because we're going to get used to them watching them here in Vancouver. Uh, Logan Thompson begins the the start in Vegas, and there's a lot of focus on Vegas' goaltending. Around them it looks sharp, uh, like as far as the way the team is built, but can Logan Thompson thrive in Vegas?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a small sample, but for as quick as everyone wants to dismiss Vegas' goaltending without Robin Lehner, the reality is, and, and Lehner was hurt like season but logan thompson was better than he was down the stretch and that's why there were times i think including the game when they came into vancouver it was like you know thompson was posting i think at the time he was in the top 10 in nhl adjusted save percentage again tiny sample but with laner coming off the injury and clearly not at his best i wondered how long you know vegas in the fight they were in to make the playoffs could sort of stick with their veteran and you know ultimately they ended up starting him and pulling him from a game and that was kind of it i think. Uh, you know, that was it for Robin, at least, um, you know, in terms of attempting to continue to play through it. Um, but it gave Logan a chance to run with it down the stretch. And, and, again, his numbers were really good. Like, until he gets a concussion at the World Championships, um, he was the guy over there. Like, he would have been Canada's goalie uh, heading into the medal round. So I think uh, he's capable. Doing it for, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months even, like he did last year, Um, especially when maybe the other team isn't paying as close attention. They're not sure you're going to be in there. They haven't really built a book. They haven't tried to attack weaknesses is a lot different than being the guy doing it night after night and having other teams try and build game plans to exploit you. Um, There's a lot of sort of old school in his game. I saw him throw out a pad sack the other night uh, on a rebound chance At times, it looks a little uncontrolled. There's a lot of extra movement, but he's got skill. He's got talent. He's got good size, and he seems to have a real good instinct for the game. And so, are there things in there that make you wonder if it holds up over a season? Sure, it's a fair question. But the reality is, to this point, he's gotten the job done, like I said, at a top-10 level in the National Hockey League. And so, I think kind of writing him off just because he's not Robin Lehner or writing Vegas off just because the number-one goalie doesn't have experience I think that might be a little premature. I'm not surprised that he's off to a good start. The hard part for him or the question mark is going to be, can you sustain it? Um, You know, if it's you're playing three, four times a week as opposed to, you know, once or twice or a couple, you know, once every two weeks like he was at times last season. But the potential (laughs) is absolutely there. Like I I don't look at Vegas because of Logan Thompson to go, man, they're in trouble. Um, I think he could could answer a lot of the questions that people seem to, you know, frankly, not just be asking, but assuming he can't.
0: There's been a lot of talk about uh, the LA Kings, about potential, how they've built up the entire prospect pool, and certainly a lot to get excited about what's happening in front of them. It hasn't really, that conversation hasn't really translated in goal. They invested in Cal Peterson, and we kind of thought at some point there would be this transition from Jonathan Quick to Cal Peterson. So far through two games, it's Jonathan Quick who's gotten the the starts. Uh, do, Do they intend to make this transition, or why hasn't it happened yet?
2: Well, I mean, listen, Cal was really good two years ago. He was actually my pick for sort of breakout goalie two years ago, and he, and he made me look good. And, and I don't really know. He got the ticket after that, and I don't really know what happened last year, but he, it was kind of one of those things actually early on when I was watching it quite closely, like they were playing better when Quick was in net, and Quick was having success, and so he started getting more and more starts. But when I looked at the adjusted numbers, there were you know, like the narratives around the league were, oh, Jonathan Quick is back and and the return of Jonathan Quick and and Peterson was just sort of, you know, shuffled off to the sideline a little bit. And then when I looked at the numbers, especially say midway through the season, there wasn't a huge difference between them. But Quick was getting the job done. He was getting the wins. And, you know, sometimes that a team can, can perform better defensively just because they have confidence in a goaltender. And for whatever reason, Cal didn't have a very good year last year. And it looks like in terms of the pecking order through two starts, It is going to be Jonathan Quick again, and and yet not a great start the other night. He's underwater relative to expected, save percentage through two starts, seven goals against. Um, So I'm curious how long they stick with it. And and ultimately, it's going to depend on Cal Peterson. Does he look like the goalie that we saw two years ago, um, where that patience on the skates, uh, the ability to sort of wait out plays and not commit too early and beat plays up on his skates and not be on his knees and not sliding too much? There were so many things that he was doing well two years ago that seemed to, it's where the game was going. Like he seemed to be the perfect goalie for where we were headed with all this east-west attacking. Um, and like I said, just you know, uh, just a really down season last year. So um, I would suggest that if he will get the opportunity shortly, at least based on, on what we've seen in the first couple of games. And from there, it's up to him. Uh, it's up to him to sort of show that he's back to that form and deserves more of these starts. Because I think, you know, like I said, for whatever reason, um, whether it's narratives of the team being part of that, like like you said, you know, there seems to be this impression that Jonathan Quick is back. And, you know, even last year, by the end of the season, I think he was barely above expected. So uh, it, it's sort of, I still think that door's open for Cal Peterson. Um, but the question is, can he stick his foot through it? Because uh, he certainly wasn't able to last year. Uh, Woodley,
0: appreciate it as always. Excited to talk throughout the course of the year. Uh, you can always check him out at InGoal uh, Kevin at Kevin is goal with uh, InGoal Magazine and the InGoal Radio Podcast and NHL.com. Thanks, man. Perfect. Thanks, Vic. That's Kevin Woodley. You'll hear him often here on the People Show, Alfred and Bruff, and Canucks Central as well alright let's get to the people's picks brought to you by Play Now Sports every game will feel like the big game when you bet with Play Now Sports brought to you by BCLC we talked about it earlier Dom's Jets how Brees Hall can run all over the Packers taking the over on the rushing yards 60.5 for Brees Hall that defensive line For the Packers. More rooted in trying to get pass rush rather than stopping the run. Especially late in the game they have really struggled. 1.8 your payout for Brees Hall. The other thing I'm looking at Cleveland and New England. Expect a lot of rushing in this game. What happens when you rush the ball? The clock ticks. We want the clock to go fast in this one because we're taking the under. 43 points, the total, at minus 110, of course, 1.9. So we want that clock to run. There might be some big rushes here, but get some tackling, get some short drives, and low amount of plays in this game. So it is a lower total, but that's across the league right now. Under 43 points, tacked out on with Brees Hall, over 60 and a half rushing yards. That's the people's pick. Brought to you by PlayNow Sports. When you choose to bet on sports at playnow.com, you're playing on the only site whose profits go back to BC. Know your limit. Play within it. You hyped for that Jets game, Tom?
1: I'm uh, living in a bit of fear because I know what uh, Aaron Rodgers is capable sure, of.
0: Sure, but when was the last time like you were this excited for a Jets game?
1: Uh, the Miami game like just last week yeah because teddy b is teddy b
0: sure but like this could be like a season legitimizer oh no
1: 100 percent. you go
0: to four and two suddenly things look a lot different uh let's get into the uh football preview brought to you by clayton public house 15 screen two giant projectors claytonpub.com jets and backers like that's that's the interesting one in the morning, to, to be honest. Like we all have our three screens going. I don't know if everyone does, but uh, if you're if you're putting one on main
1: picture in picture Vic. come on,
0: quad screen, whatever you got. It's Twenty twenty two. If you're putting one on main, like no one's gonna watch Bucks Steelers, even though it's Tom Brady and Pittsburgh. Nobody really wants to watch P- Pittsburgh offense. No. So. The the two I'm interested, in, to be honest, I can't I can't even believe I'm saying it. Jets Packers is up there. How how will Zach Wilson fare? I will I will say this. I know I've been a detractor of Zach Wilson's. Uh, mildly impressed relative to my expectations, but mildly impressed with Zach Wilson so far in his return.
1: Would I be out of line to say the Jets are more about defense than they are offense?
0: Sauce Eigner, man. Yeah, they they need help on the run game. Sure, they I they've invested so much money. Robert Sala is a defensive coach. Why they can't stop the run? That's a problem. But they're getting real tangible output from their corners right now. They're going to make mistakes because they're rookies, but you, every Jets fan should be eyes open with the dollar signs like, oh, found money right now with Sauce Gardner because he's already, he's trending towards basically top five cornerback going into next season, which is basically what you wanted to see. Uh, from them. So that one's going to be interesting because, like, how are the Packers even going to get open? Romeo Dubs can be athletic, but he's still limited. Christian Watson's athletic, but drop's obviously an issue, and just what kind of route tree does he have? That's why I'm kind of taking the Jets in that game. Uh, where are the big plays going to come from the Green Bay Packers? I guess the other one, too, is a kind of a loser goes home. That division is so bad, but Jaguars-Colts? I pick the jaguars there's, there's going to come a moment for Trevor Lawrence where we start to talk about the Ascension. It has to happen soon. They lost two in a row here. Uh, it's fair to wonder if he's an Andrew Luck-level prospect. You go first overall, that's what people want to see. But this is the type of game, uh, you're 2-3 against the 2-2-1 two, two Colts who just look so blah is the only way I can talk about them, is blah. Uh, we'll see what the Jaguars can do in this spot, getting to go into Indianapolis, cause an upset, shake up. The established order in the AFC South. Uh, Keep an eye on that one. And, of course, hey, the big one right after. Allen, Mahomes, Bills, Chiefs. It's a loaded affair on Sunday. Then you get Cowboys and Eagles as well. Should be a fantastic weekend. Enjoy it. Thanks for the participa- participation today with Confession Friday. Remember, it's not going anywhere. We'll do it every Friday on the People's Show. The Mailbag, that's what they do on Canuck Central on Fridays. It's on the way. Dan Riccio, Satyar Shah, here
1: on Sportsnet 650. You've been listening to the People's Show.